Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we continue our exploration of Amitabh Bachchan's career, finishing off the 1970s and moving into the funkadelic 1980s. First up, Bakchan is a coal miner with a mysterious past in Yash Chopra's Kalapatar from 1979. Then he's a con artist looking for revenge in Ramesh Sippy's Sean from 1980. And finally, he's a con artist looking for revenge in Tinu Anand's Kalia from 1981. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt! We, that's me. What? Yes, what is that's it? you. Oh. Uh, we have been busy. We've been really busy. And really busy with, like, podcast stuff. Yeah, but, like, compared to what life was like in the before time, before the virus has taken control of the planet, Yeah. it was actually, like, kind of a normal week. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, our past kind of couple weeks would have been a normal level of activity. In Not fact, for podcast stuff. Like, we don't yeah. always do that much podcast in, stuff, but, like, in fact, just maybe things even happening. A slow level of activity. But during the pandemic, man, it feels like we've been so busy. Like, we used to have, like, a social calendar. Yeah. And now <laughs> it has one thing on it written, like, environmental you, storytelling in a, in a video game like are you not going to tell people what it says it was august 6th brianna's birthday yeah but like it's just written across the calendar but like that calendar used like it's written <laughs> sideways and in giant text but that calendar used to have like all kinds of things in it and now it's yeah. just like well something bad happened here they had that last thing and then you know <laughs> they went crazy and died god i don't know if i have the energy for our lifestyle pre-pandemic considering how exhausted i've been this week uh okay so in podcast news we have a few things to share with you mm-hmm. first of all we hit a million downloads yeah we hit the milli. yeah we uh officially crossed uh, over and we now have a million listens we are now millionaires downloads. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we'll win that uh, Oilers 50-50. They still haven't announced. If we do, winning. then we're full-time podcasting, uh, baby. That's some, that's some local... You should quit your job if we win. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's some local news for people. Uh, I guess I'll explain. Our local sports team, the Edmonton Oilers, maybe you've heard of them. They're a rather big deal. They're, they're a huge deal. Ice hockey or iced hockey? <laughs> Yeah, they're a huge deal. In in, the world of ice hockey. In the world of ice hockey. Uh, They, during games, will have like 50-50 draws. And because you can't actually attend NHL games right now, they've been doing 50-50 draws online. And within like hours, the pot grew to millions of dollars. It was something like 12 million. And a 50-50 draw is when you go to a sporting event or... Sometimes a concert, I think. Mm-hmm. You buy tickets to to this fest. to this draw. It's like a lottery. Yeah. And half of the money you spend goes to a charity, and the other half goes whoever wins. Mm-hmm. So it's something very popular here in Alberta. And yeah, this digital one has caused <laughs> nothing but consternation. The other funny thing was they were going to do it every game they played in the um, in the series. So. Edmonton is the western hub for the NHL, and they're in, like, this bubble. The players do not go outside of the bubble. You got stuck in the bubble. I got stuck on one side of the bubble, but a guy waved me through. Um, But, like, they've closed off parts of downtown. It's even more of a wasteland than normal. Um, But what happened is the Oilers got kicked out right away because they're (laughs) a terrible hockey team. So they only did this 50-50, like, four times. Yeah. 
and now it's over. But the last one is worth millions of dollars, and it screwed up the website. Now they don't know who won. Yeah. Okay. So the classic is- Edmonton story, though. Like, this is the sort of thing <laughs> that totally would happen here. This is all to say that regardless of who wins the Oilers 50-50... We lose. We are... Millionaires. Yeah, we're we, millionaires in a certain sense. We, in a certain sense. Uh, and so we would like to thank all of our listeners. Uh, I will say that, I will say that a big thanks as always goes to my mother, who is our only listener and has listened a million times. Though she's pointed out to me that she's only half of these listens, half of these downloads. It appears my dad is the other half. Oh, so cool. Uh, well, I'm glad that this bespoke podcast <laughs> made for them about a topic that at least half of them don't care about um, <laughs> is, you know, working out. Uh, yeah. I, I, maybe not my best use of that bit, but it will never die. Uh, no, seriously. Thank, thank you everyone for, for listening. And, you guys are the real heroes. Yeah. And downloading this show. I, I never suspect, like I never thought when we, started this show that one day we'd be celebrating a million downloads that's crazy yeah it's buck wild yeah. anyway what else happened oh we were on a panel <laughs> yeah so we were on a panel for the um center for soft power utsava sort of celebration of indian culture yeah and we were on the timeless cinema panel so this was us uh, so the panel took place at 5.30 IST, which, fun fact, is like 6 a.m. our time. So we got up early. No, it's 5, isn't it? We got up at 5. You got right, up at 4.30. Right. You woke me up at 4.30. Five we had is, to be logged on for 5. We had to be logged on for quarter to five. 6. Yeah. yeah. But we were on a panel uh, with some extremely distinguished people and then us. <laughs> so let me give you the little bit of copy they wrote about the event. So this is Namaste 2020, the global utsava of Indian soft power. And um, timeless cinema, a treasure trove of stories, performing and visual arts, music, and much more. Indian cinema has touched the hearts of people across the globe for decades. It is one of the most vibrant representations of the ever-evolving social-cultural milieu in India and the world. And uh, so listen to the people here here (laughs) on this panel and then us. So, special guest was Ambassador Ajay Bazaria, who was the, still is, the High Commissioner of India to Canada. So, he was, he was actually in Ottawa. Yeah. And he was one, I think he was probably the only person who maybe knew where we were, because he's in Ottawa, and he's two hours ahead of us. Yeah. Then, the chair of the thing was Asim Chabra, who is the um, festival director of the New York Indian Film Festival, and he listened to our last episode on Dil Chattahai. Um, I've been told I was harsh on that movie. I think um, you were. Yeah. So another Sri person there was Amogavarsha, who is a nature filmmaker who's had his films shown at the United Nations. Yeah. Which is wild. And uh, the one that excited us the most, of course, was Sri Manoj Bajpai. Um, he said our name. Who's, who's mentioned here as a power of the silver screen. And we agree. Yeah. Um, powerful presence. And he had some really interesting stuff to say about the difference between uh, marketing and distributing smaller independent movies mm-hmm. versus the larger Hindi blockbusters. Yeah. So that was really interesting to hear him talk about his experiences um, on, you know, all levels of sort of film um, uh, budgets and, like, getting people to watch movies and mm-hmm. the the way that the digital revolution has made it so... Um, everything's kind of on an even playing field. Like, if you're being shown digitally, people can watch it wherever. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, yeah he did say our names, and it was amazing. We had a we had a great time. We were just kind of humbled to be involved in this event, and we really thank the Center for Soft Power for thinking of us. And we hope we didn't say anything too stupid. <laughs> um, if you look at our Facebook page, I think you can watch the uh, recorded uh, video. Yeah, there is. A just vi- keep in mind, it's so early for us. <laughs> <laughs> there is a video. I'll share it in the show notes if I'm able to. Um, but yeah, I think we just we really want to thank the Center for Soft Power for inviting us to mm-hmm. participate in this panel. It was it was quite an honor, and we had a really good time despite how early in the morning it was and how out of our league we felt. Yeah, and something I actually didn't get a chance to say because this the center is talking about soft power, which is the idea that as opposed to military power, power projection, like throwing your army around or sending mm-hmm. your navy over somewhere just to show like, oh yeah, you know, this this civilization can destroy another civilization through, um, you know, force of arms. Soft power is the idea that your culture and your art is of such importance that it shows that you're powerful in that sense. Mm-hmm. If you've ever played a civilization game, the culture victory is what I like to do anyway. Just have a nice, tight little civilization that's super technologically advanced and just is so powerful in the sense that people want to know more about it and experience it, mm-hmm. that you win the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that India, as well as China, even though you know a little bit of friction right mm-hmm. now, Indian films... And Korea. And Korea. And China. Especially I say, with the music with yeah, Korea. But like the Asian bloc mm-hmm. is literally the only thing standing in front of us and um, complete cultural hegemony from the United States. Right. Especially yeah. like... Apple, Amazon, all these big companies, some of which, you know, do distribute these films, do help make them. But, like, we need Indian, Chinese, Korean movies, especially, Mm -hmm. to stop from getting drowned in stupid superhero movies and Star Wars movies. Like, we need original movies from around the world. Otherwise, we're all just being colonized by the United States Mm -hmm. in the cultural sense. Like, they're taking over our minds. So I, I I wanted to you know congratulate all of the other panelists for being you know on the front lines of stopping the United States, <laughs> a country that I don't know if you've noticed lately is not doing great. No, they they have a number of problems in front of them right now. I would much rather enjoy art from across the world rather than being dragged down with a dying empire. Mm-hmm. So that was my little bit I didn't get to say. Well, speaking of enjoying art from across the world and digital distribution Mm -hmm. and independent Indian cinema, uh, we, for the very first time, attended the Fantasia Film Festival. I wore my best uh, pajamas (laughs) with a hole in them and no shirt. They are. And drank a beer. The worst pajama pants. Uh, You might be able to drink beer at Fantasia. I don't know. I don't think I could drink beer Uh, just like that, though. (laughs) We've wanted to go to the Fantasia Film Festival for years. We talk about it every year that we say we're going to go out to Montreal for the festival and we haven't made it out yet. My brother lives there. Many of our friends live there. Yeah. We always have like no excuse not to go. Yeah, it's true. Except for this year. It's because a, we have a very big excuse. Yeah. Uh, it's a genre film festival in Montreal that started in the mid-90s and originally started uh, from fandom there that were interested in kind of martial arts films and anime. So yeah. Satoshi Khan. It's the Asia in Fantasia. Exactly. Satoshi Kon's uh, Perfect Blue and Millennium Actress both had their world premiere at Fantasia. Uh, total aside, but I'm a big fan of Satoshi Kon's work, so 
Mm-hmm. I'd like to point that out. Uh, so we decided to attend the world premiere of the only Indian feature film that was playing. Uh, and this film is called Kriya. Directed by Siddharth Srinivasan. Well, funnily enough, you look him up on Letterboxd and it's a picture of Siddharth Malhotra. <laughs> oh, yeah. We yeah. checked afterwards like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an independent Indian filmmaker, and he hasn't made a movie or a feature... Ten years, Like right? a narrative feature film in about ten years. Uh, so it's a horror film. It is a genre film festival. And it's about a DJ who goes home one night with a very attractive woman and then gets sucked into this ritual that her family is doing around the death of her father. Yeah, it's kind and, of like a black mass almost. Like it's, yeah. it's like a reverse funeral... So people are wearing black instead of mm-hmm. white, and the various rituals are being sort of desecrated. And it, it, it's honestly, the, like, having to think about it backwards, this is the most descri- descriptive version I've seen of a Hindu fu- funeral in a movie, except that it's all like the evil backwards version. But it was really interesting to see various rites being done. Mm-hmm. It was co-produced by Andy Stark and Pete Toombs. Uh, Andy Stark worked on In Fabric, and Pete Toombs worked on Free Fire. So I would say if you're if, if those titles ring any bells for you, mm-hmm. if you know who uh, Ben Wheatley and Peter Strickland are, uh, this film is kind of in in that vein. It it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was visually absolutely stunning. It's got a real like. Hindi Gothic, thing. yeah, and I had kind of like a like a like a like a fancier Ramsey Brothers. Mm-hmm. And I had an incredible soundtrack I, and the sound design. I, yeah. I I was totally taken. I will say that I think some of the performances were a little weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and a little amateurish at times. And I don't know if the story completely came together for me, but I did admire. What the film is doing. It's very and oblique. It's vi- Yeah, very oblique. And I think it is worth checking out. I think, yeah. like, it was, what, 90 minutes? Maybe yeah. 100 minutes? And very engrossing. If you get a chance to check this out, I think it's really interesting. It's playing again on Saturday at Fantasia. You do have to be in Canada uh, to access the film. Uh, so because of the pandemic, Fantasia has gone online. And they have both screenings. Uh, that are kind of on demand that you can watch whenever throughout the festival, as well as ones that you have to watch at specific times. And so Korea mm-hmm. is one that you have to watch at a specific time. Because there is a Zoom meeting. So mm-hmm. after we watched it, we mm-hmm. watched a little bit of this uh, sort of Q&A session where the director um, and some of the actors were present and talked about the movie. And amazingly enough, they said it was made in 10 days. Yeah. Which, that's a crazy shooting schedule because, you know, decently long movie with... Some practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought it had kind of a Salvador Dali tone. No, no, not Dali. Um, Boonwell? Boonwell tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the main character, his, he's kind of acted upon by, like, nightmare logic. Because, like, he, he wants to leave, but he keeps getting, like, distracted and has to come back. And he keeps getting, you know, the various forces are using him as a proxy. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of... Uh, the Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie mm-hmm. and The Exterminating Angel. Also movies where someone is like trying to get away or do something, but they keep getting brought back mm-hmm. by means that don't make any sense. So, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting movie. Uh, I'd be very curious to see what the main actress does. Uh, she had a great sort of... Uh, she was great. She had a great sort of like Daisy goth look that Excellent. I was very into. Excellent eyebrows. And, um, you know, actual nudity. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I, th- I that think was there interesting. was more male nudity than female nudity. I mean, we have seen nudity in Indian films before. You know, we've seen things like Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's never not shocking because mm-hmm. I think you get so used to not seeing those things. I don't know if I've seen a Hindi film that had nudity in it. You see Ranveer Singh's butt briefly. Yeah, but in... this is more than butt. <laughs> this is more than butt. But you do this see... This is butt plus. You do see Ranveer Singh's butt briefly in Bafik Ray because, of course... Yeah. I don't think Ranveer Singh would hesitate to show more than butt, but... Yeah, he, he'd sling dong. Why not? Uh, yeah, so that's... Listeners, let us know if you think Ranveer Singh would sling dong in a movie if he would be allowed to. I think he would. Uh, but that's a chunk of kind of what we've been up to. Um, celebrating our millionth and now millionth plus downloads. Like getting listen. drunk in our house like we <laughs> celebrate uh, most things. Uh, attending this panel and, uh, yeah, checking out Fantasia Fest. I think we're going we're gonna to try and watch a few more movies. There's a new... Uh, Johnny Toe, like, boxing singing movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new film from the director of Haosu. Yeah. Before he died, too. It's like yeah. his last movie. And, uh, and a wrestling, an indigenous wrestling comedy from New Zealand. So those are the, the three films that we're kind of hoping to, hoping to catch up with, uh, in addition to having seen Korea. So, you know, we are really grateful that, you know, because of the pandemic, we were fine. We're finally able to go to Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll go in person next year if that's a thing that is possible. Well, I mean, so many businesses have been affected by the pandemic. Even my own, like mm-hmm. we had to change some of our processes, and it might not be great for exclusivity reasons. But I could see film festivals incorporating a digital aspect like this because you do see a lot of people talking about yeah. Fantasia right now and. Um, TIFF, like there's a whole big thing about TIFF right now because yeah. of their accreditations. But once that gets going and people can actually start talking about the movies, like it's right now we need art more than ever. Mm-hmm. And people are getting very excited about these in-home screenings. So I could see them keeping uh, some of this going forward and maybe even expanding out to other countries, hopefully. And it was fun because, you know, we had to start it at the right time and mm-hmm. Kind of be present on our sofas, and and then I was able to kind of pull up the the Zoom meeting afterwards to watch a bit of the the Q and A. You know, it it did it felt like an event. It felt like because we've been to film festivals before. It did feel like the festival experience. Yeah, yeah, as as much as it as much as it could, uh, and yeah, I just I mean, hats off to Fantasia. I think I think they're putting on a really great festival right now. Yeah, no technical hitches or anything. It was fine. Yeah, no, it streamed beautifully. It Mm -hmm. looked great. It looked better than, like, Netflix. Yeah. And that was streamed to our computer and then to our Apple TV. So, like, two ways of getting screwed up. But it looked good the whole time. Yeah. Uh, So, Korea is playing once more on Saturday, uh, August 29th at 11.15 Montreal time. In the evening? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's a good like sort of midnight feature. If you know, if you're in Canada and you're interested, and you're listening to this before that, you've immediately downloaded <laughs> this as soon as you've seen it, and then listen to it right away. Yeah. Yeah. But check it out. <laughs> hopefully, it'll be available elsewhere. So I think that wraps up. This is a lot of preamble. Thanks for listening to all of our hockey talk, guys. Uh, that, ice hockey talk. Yeah, ice hockey talk. It's uh, a new feature. That new- wraps all of <laughs> ice hockey up. talking. We are back to Matt's favorite episode topic, Amitabh Bachchan. We are that and Halloween. I think I like the Halloween ones a lot. Okay, but 
I think this is important. Yeah, we're continuing to watch a film from each year of Amity Top Bachchan's career in an attempt or in a an effort to kind of experience the scope of his career and his progression as an icon. But like, what have we learned over the course of this? It's difficult to get a hold of older films. Yes. We've experienced this via like... That's why we haven't seen Dewar and some other ones. Yeah. Uh, but like every, every year I look at all the movies that he's been in and then I try and find a way to watch mm-hmm. them. And without access to the library right now, um, like it... It has been quite difficult, and it makes me wonder about, like, just sort of film archiving in general. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would hope that these are being better taken care of. But this time we were really pleased with how Shimaru did on uh, Sean and Kalia. They yeah, did a really good job of restoring those. Although, the run times mm-hmm. are kind of an issue. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. I will say that I think of all of, of our previous kind of installments in this series... These three films feel the most similar to one another yeah. than in some of the other episodes. Now, again, we're just kind of picking from... Yeah, we're cherry picking. Well, cherry picking or just picking from what movies he made that year that are available to us. Yeah. So to a certain extent... These are the big ones. Yeah, to a certain extent, this is kind of a coincidence um, that we picked three films that are so similar. But I also think it's showing how that angry young man persona you know, came to identify him on screen. And just the success of Sholay just leads to mm-hmm. similar kind of masala blockbusters with lots of action. And like the cast among these three films, there's a ton of overlap. You know, yeah. Shashi Kapoor is in two of them. Parveen Bobby is in all three. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not complaining about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's good. All right. Do you want to introduce our first film, Matt? Sure. So Kalapata, which we picked up on Apple for like a dollar. It was on sale one day. So I've actually had that one available for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you see what I mean about American hegemony, it's on, though? It's on Amazon Prime, though, I believe. Yeah. It's available. But like, you see what I mean about American hegemony? We don't actually own our a copy of Kalapata. We just, you know, bought it on Apple. Yeah. But, like, they have the ability to take it away whenever they want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sidebar over. Mm-hmm. I, I think YouTube is a much more democratic way of getting these movies out. But, mm. yeah. Uh, so this came out in 1979. It's directed by Yash Chopra and was uh, written by Salem Javed. Features Amitabh Bachchan, Shashi Kapoor, Shatrujan Sinha, Rocky, Parveen Babi, Neetu Singh, and Prem Chopra. And Shatrujan Sinha... Is like our new favorite guy. Yeah, and he's also going to show up in Sean, which I think solidified him as our new favorite guy. He's got Although, like... Although, I did have quite the awakening during Sean. Yeah, we'll get to actor. that. But like, <laughs> he's got like a kind of 70s, 80s... Um, 70s, 80s sort of Irfan thing going on that I'm extremely into. Mm-hmm. Do you see it? He's kind of got the sunken eyes mm-hmm. and then his attitude is kind of... Standoffish in a way that kind of reminds me of some Irfan roles. Yeah, maybe. He's very cool. But he's also, like, when you get through the character's armor, like, they're a decent guy. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it reminded me of Irfan a lot, such against his uh, performances. Uh, so this movie is based on the Chisnala Mining Disaster, and it was nominated for seven Filmfare Awards, including Best Film, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting for Sinha, and Best Supporting Actress for Nitu Singh. I believe that's Nietzsche Singh's only Filmfare nomination. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so this takes place at a mine. And Amitabh Bachchan, we... The title means, like, Black Mountain and is a real yeah. peak. 
Yeah. Um, so Amida Bachan plays a miner who's kind of like a living legend at this mine. Mm-hmm. And for a brief moment at the beginning, we get like a sense of him being in a Navy or something. Mm-hmm. This gets explained about two hours later. But uh, <laughs> I thought that was actually pretty cool that it took a really long time. It's not the sort of historiographical look at a character's life that we would get with like Barat for some, mm. like, I don't know why that came to mind, but like watching someone from a kid all the way up to the point in which the movies should start, like, or it, even like the backstory, like how much backstory we get into Zab. Yeah. This one is like starts in media res and then you get a maybe 20 minute explanation, but it's mostly about all the things going on at the mine, mm-hmm. which is great. I, I like that storytelling a lot. So he's this legendary miner who helps people out during the various uh, injuries that happen. This mine has a lot of accidents and is not particularly well run. The owner is a capitalist asshole who just wants to extract all the profit he can, doesn't care about his workers at all. It's fine if they die. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shashi Kapoor shows up as a new engineer for the mine who... In one of the few like moments of engineering he does, uh, he's looking at some specs for the way that the coal mine could expand in one direction, and he notices that there's like a big water reservoir behind this one coal face, and he says, we can't go that way, you know, it'll flood the mine. Mm-hmm. And then his sort of boss is like, eh, don't worry about it, you're new, you don't know anything, you're green, you're just out of school. Um, but for the most part, Shashi Kapoor is like a man of the people. Like he's hanging out with the miners. He's actually down in the mine all the time, more than I anticipated a uh, uh, a, a engineer would be. But he's there too. And um, then Shatragunson is like the third guy at the mine. This is like a like a big swinging dick mine. Like huge <laughs> personalities in these miners. Uh, Sina plays a um, a recently escaped convict who pretends to be a minor and then kind of gets interested in helping the people and also in a girl. Nitu Singh. Yeah, yeah. Nitu Singh. Who's, who's kind of like a village girl. Rocky is a lady doctor in Yeah, town. she's a lady doctor. And Parveen Bobby is a journalist who was uh, Shashi Kapoor's sort of schoolmate. And she's there to write articles about the mine, which... I don't know how many you could write, but yeah. like lots of stuff does happen at the mine. Yeah. There's lots of news. But yeah. they each, so Rocky is Bakchan's love interest. Like yeah. They're all they each get a girl. They're all paired up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's mostly the three guys kind of bouncing off one each other. Uh Bachan and uh Kapoor mostly get along, but the mine owner tries to push them apart because mm-hmm. they both have like a sway on the miners and could get them to, you know, go on strike or something. And Shatrugansina and Amitabh Bachchan have an amazing fist fight. Oh. It's like 20 minutes long. Yeah. They're hitting each other with shovels. They're, <laughs> you know, throwing each other over their over their shoulders. It, it is just a, a war. <laughs> There's such animosity between them. And I guess, like, IRL in real life, Sina did not get along with, Bach, with Bachchan. Yeah. And there's a great scene. I, I do like the fight scene. It's... One it's of many fights. Cathartic. Lots it's, of fist fights at this mine, too. Um, but I think my favorite scene is when you think Sina and Bakjan are like going to get in a fight because they're at like a cafe mm-hmm. and they're 
they're kind of teasing the waiter or not teasing him, but bullying the waiter. Well, like, one of them ordered a chai and he's like, Oh, that's my chai. Yeah. You know, like on who, this, on who this waiter is going to serve the chai to first. And then like Shashi Kapoor waltzes in. And it's just like, here, I got this. Yeah. I'll I take that. I just, I don't know. I, I, to me, that scene to a certain extent with like the relationship between these men and their personalities, like in microcosm. It's the first sort of Mexican standoff I've seen involving a chai. Uh, it was great. It was great. But you're right. Like the fight scenes in this are awesome. Yeah. And this culminates in, surprise, surprise, <laughs> the thing that Shashi Kapoor said that they shouldn't do yeah. happens, and the mind starts flooding. And everyone has to work together. Everyone has to work together, but there's, you kind of see all the personalities, like the little ones too, the ones who aren't the main actors. It's like everyone who's had a speaking role essentially has to, has a little bit of a moment during yeah. the mind thing. And it's really exciting. It is. Um, they must have spent a lot of money on this because, like, the water effects are really good, mm-hmm. and the the um, the mindsets they're very detailed looking. It's a very dark movie because all you have is like the miners' headlamps, yeah, to see what's happening. So a lot of the time you're just seeing like a little light bob off in the distance until they walk up to you. And it wasn't like it wasn't that well restored, but I did think the cinematography was was pretty impressive. Yeah, so it's. It's a really impressive movie. Um, I don't... It, like, if you're not the sort of person that is into true historical stories, like, I wouldn't say that this is, like, an inspirational story of how these guys made it out of the mind disaster. It's kind of no, like the last not, half an hour is the mind disaster. It's not like that one. Oh, I, it, the movie... The title is a number, but the one with Antonio Banderas yeah. trapped with the miners. Oh, the um, Chilean miner thing, yeah. Yeah, which, like... Again, was like very faith based, but supposed to be like this big, inspiring thing. I think what makes this film so successful, and what I really loved about it, is it's just like you know we talked about this with Mother India as well. It's just this marrying of kind of like populist, hero driven, individualist kind of storytelling, and uh, and labor <laughs> labor issues. Yeah. Um, and just if your aunt of, ever did a labor film festival again, <laughs> I think this would be a good one to show. Yeah, and just kind of like so, this marrying of both kind of like the individual personalities and the importance of the collective and how the capitalists are yeah everything. down with capitalism, even though this film is clearly being made in service of capitalism. Yeah. Uh, so I think that you know, there's if you if you really look at it, there's a lot of things at odds with itself. Uh, but it works in the end. It works. It totally comes together, you know. And I think like it spends a really long time establishing all these different characters and why you care about them. So then, when it gets to this finale, which you know you know is coming, mm-hmm. uh, you you see how everyone works together, and it really it's quite moving. Do you know what, really do you want this it. reminded me of a lot of The Great Escape? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of digging in tunnels in that movie, but also... The, the most classic of all dad movies. Yeah, but like, also, you know, not... I think there's probably more characters in The Great Escape, but like, mm-hmm. big personalities in sort of... They're they're stuck together, right? Like, yeah. they can't get away from this, and they're also trying to you know, stop a big calamity from happening. Mm-hmm. And you see the different um, sort of results for everybody. And, yeah... Great movie. This must be a huge dad film for uh, Indian dads. They must love this. <laughs> Did we find the, the the Bollywood dad movie? Yeah. Well, here's a question. Is, Listeners, tell us, does your dad like this movie? Or are they more of a uh, K3G fan? Mm. You know, it's all about it's all about loving <laughs> your family. Is it that? Or is it like, 
badass miners working together. Mm-hmm. But is this showing us that maybe Amitabh Bachchan is transitioning into dad movies? <laughs> A place that he'll be for the next 40 years, possibly? <laughs> is that... Because... I don't know, because I don't know if our... Our perception of, of a dad yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. our Western perception of a dad movie. Uh, do you want to explain, like, sure. The Great Escape is, is a dad movie. What, yeah, what exactly I would say is- both of our dads are actually fairly dad movie guys, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, a dad movie in the sort of Western sense that we would recognize is, like, often a war movie. Yeah, or, or a like, Western. Or a Western, or, like... Like, like Butch a, Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, total dad movie. Yeah, or like like a mind disaster, yeah. or like a plane crash, like a natural disaster movie, war movie, western. Men doing work, men working together. Yeah, men working <laughs> together as a team, or like one really cool guy mm-hmm. who like gets a team to help him. But like usually he's, played by he, Paul Newman or Steve McQueen or Robert, Robert Redford. Redford. Yeah. Oh, The Natural, also a dad movie. Or for <laughs> modern ones, it would be Mark Wahlberg in all those. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Those Peter Berg movies, but it, it's like very macho, but also like not. Uh, maybe Rambo movies are are and dad like, movies too. I think there's also something kind of triumphant about a lot of the best dad movies. Yeah. Well, it's just you showing... You really want Steve McQueen to get away from those Nazis. Yeah. But it's also <laughs> showing that one guy um, could potentially pull off this big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you, ever, you haven't read Snow Crash, have you? Of course not. There is a, there's a great line in Snow Crash <laughs> where... Uh, Snow Crash is a uh, post-cyberpunk book mm-hmm. that came out in the 90s. Um, it's the book that gave us our modern perception of the word Avatar. Yes, and also basically invented... See, I know what Snow Crash is. It basically invented, like, Second Life and World of Warcraft. Like, that sort of having a character and moving around a world would be the internet. Mm -hmm. It kind of invented that. Um, The William Gibson books are a lot more abstract. But anyway, there's a character in that book who... His name is Raven. And he is a kind of mercenary type guy who drives around on a motorcycle... That has in its uh, sidecar a nuke, and he's got it so that um, if he ever dies, the nuke goes off. And the narrative of the book says that, like, okay, before the age of 35 or so, most men that think that if they really knuckled down and trained, they could become the world's greatest martial artist, mm. the world's greatest musician, the world's greatest this, the world's greatest that. But for being a badass, Raven, once Raven had the nuclear envelope, once he pushed that, really the idea of being the world's greatest badass was gone. Mm. But that's what dad movies are. Mm. It's sort of like, here's the world's greatest prison escaper, or here's the world's greatest gunfighter, mm-hmm. or the world's greatest pilot, Sully. He landed on the Hudson. 158 lives were saved, I think. Something like that. I love Sully. But, yeah, Clint Eastwood. We will not be dissing Sully. The Clint Eastwood movies are dad movies. We can 100% diss Clint Eastwood, but we will not be dissing Sully. Clint Eastwood movies are this. Uh, Dirty Harry, you know, he's the world's most uh, toughest cop. I mean, they're also kind of fascist, but yeah. But, like, that's kind of what a dad movie is. It's sort of like, what if you, the dad, could potentially become this amazing person and have your own adventure? That's my definition of a dad movie. Yeah. And I was happy I could work in Snow Crash. Uh, I also think that like like this film just follows such a tried and true formula mm-hmm. of kind of taking uh, a group of interesting big swinging dicks yeah of interesting 
individuals. Like it pairs each of them up with a with a cute girl. No homo. Like it's <laughs> they. Shashi and Amitabh are not going to kiss, even though maybe they would like and, to. And you know, you spend a good chunk of the film just kind of exploring the dynamics between them and like their emotional backstories, kind of what makes them tick. Seeing them like fall in love. And then, you know, it comes to this big climactic disaster where they all kind of have to go off to war or, you know, save one another from the mine. Like or land a plane on the Hudson. Yeah. It's, you've never been seen Sully. I That's know. It's not the structure of Sully at all. I know. It's funny, though. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just space like... Space movies. Also, very dad movies. Yeah. But this The right has, stuff. Space cowboys. That yeah. Kind of thing. This has such a, like, such a very clear formula that it's following. And when done well, I think it always works. Not a lot of music in this, actually. There's a few sort of like wedding songs and a couple mm-hmm. like romantic songs, but this this really is more fights and like labor imagery. Yeah, and so I guess we should talk about that a bit because I think that's one of the things that I I personally love about the film uh, as as someone who is interested in labor rights. And I, I mean, I think listeners know this. I've talked about this before and that's that's a theme that shows up in a lot of mainstream Bollywood films that I always find very interesting because they they approach it you know kind of from a very individualist perspective Mm -hmm. it's socialist but also about one guy who couldn't be the change in the world yeah which is really interesting dichotomy it is a really interesting dichotomy because I think you know it's kind of it's different from what we typically think is kind of like Marxist or Mm -hmm. Leninist or communist filmmaking Um, which is a lot of like you see a lot of individual people but you often don't get a name for them and often it is that constructivist thing of seeing you know, hands pulling a lever mm-hmm. or like you're seeing work, but it's not being personified in one person. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also have a lot of other kind of films. You also have a lot of working class films that are very realist. Yeah. They're <laughs> they, they not a lot of be, fun gunfights yeah, and stuff. They try and be authentic. They're often very emotional, but they and can, sad. they're very, they're very sad. And Bummer so usually cinema. the message of those films... I think of filmmakers like Ken Loach. If you've seen a Ken Loach film, you kind of see this kind of... Did he do Blood and uh, and Roses? Bread and Roses. Bread and Roses? Yeah. 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 Bread and Roses. I, Daniel Blake. Kess. The Dardenne brothers are also kind of in this tradition, though, over in Belgium, which, again, they make these very... um, These very moving films about working-class people, but they're they're downtrodden. Mm -hmm. They're... They're sad, and again, like they 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 have all those um, trappings of realism. Mm-hmm. Whereas this has again these socialist themes and message messages, you know, the importance of the working class, but it's tied up in like a big raucous bow that kind of celebrates the the work of the individual and just kind of getting her done. Well, you know, it's getting together. It's sort of like in the grapes of wrath, you know, the character, Tom Jode, mm-hmm. you know, wherever the cops are beating a guy, I'll be there. Or whenever someone can't get enough food to eat, I'll be there. It's sort of like if they had three Tom Jodes. <laughs> yeah. So like three times is good. Yeah. So it's just like, again, it's, it's interesting because I, I see all of these, th- all these things kind of coming together in this film. It's also interesting to think about the cops in this too. 
because Shadrach mm-hmm. uh, and his character is on the run from the cops, and they are essentially driving around showing his picture to people, and um, essentially, like, class solidarity trumps legality in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he, once he becomes a minor, he's, like, always a minor, and the minors are going to look out for him, regardless of whatever he was in jail for. I don't even think we know. But it, it's, it doesn't sound like he was a murderer or a rapist or something. I'm guessing maybe he's a bank robber. Mm. But, like, the miners claim him as their own, and they stick up for him and keep him safe. Yeah. And the cops are kind of befuddled. <laughs> They're more agents of capital. Mm-hmm. Man, we're really, really socialist today. <laughs> well, I, I really liked it. And, and again, I think... I think there's potentially kind of some things that odd with itself in the film, but overall, I think it really works. And I, you know, I appreciated the kind of the, some of the ideology within the film, as well as like Amitabh Bachchan and, and Shashi Kapoor and Shatragan Sinha and everyone is just like really good in the film. Do, do you want to talk a bit about Bachchan's performance since this is part of our Bachchan series? Yeah. So in this one, it's a stoic badass thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, you get a little 10 seconds at the beginning, and then it takes him almost the whole movie before you even explain what his deal is. So it's mostly just relying on his physicality and his deep voice and his beating up various goons at the mine. Like, mm-hmm. So this is all movie star. That's great. That's all I got. I mean, yeah, this, I is, this is something you can only pull off when you are the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, if... If this had not been Bachchan at the height of his power, this would be more of a um, ensemble piece, which it is to a certain sense. But also, Amitabh is always the central guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think it's, I think it's good. I really enjoyed it, but I don't think it was quite my favorite film of this episode. Yeah, these movies are going to get more bonkers as uh, we go on here. But well, what uh, song do we have this time? Uh, we are going to be listening to Janu Mary John from Sean. And just so listeners are aware, it was during this song you that had I realized this changed I, something I'm in love you. with Shashi Kapoor. Yeah, so let's see if that happens to you when you listen to this. This episode is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, your source for curiosity-driven coverage of our city, cultivated by the community. Taproot has launched a service to answer your questions about Edmonton's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and our experience of it. The idea is to help you understand this complex and quickly evolving topic with succinct, well-sourced answers to any questions you might have. Find the COVID-19 microsite at taprootedmonton.ca. This episode is also brought to you by episode 77 of the Edmonton Community Foundation's Well Endowed podcast. So episode 77, Anti-Racism in Action, uh, finds the hosts looking at the actions that ECF is taking to do their part in making Edmonton an equitable community. 
They hear about four important projects that are being funded by ECF's Anti-Racism Fund. For more information on the Well-Endowed Podcast, as well as the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. So that was John and Mary John from Sean. This movie's batshit. <laughs> so movie... is the, the next one's batshit, too. Uh, I think this really takes the cake for crazy, though. Like, this movie is crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by Ramesh Sippy, uh, written by Salem Javed, uh, and stars Amitabh Bachchan. And so it, you can see the Sholay group kind of reuniting. And I guess at one point they also wanted Hema Malini and Dharmendra to be in this film, but it didn't, it didn't quite come together. Yeah. Uh, it did take three years to make, so... Uh, it still kind of feels like it has a foot in the 70s. And this sure. this feels like if Sholay's a Western, this is a Bond movie. Maybe. Sometimes. Maybe. Other times, it feels like a completely different movie. Maybe. Uh, so it stars Amitabh Bachchan, Shashi Kapoor, Sunil Dutt, Shatagan Sinha, Rocky, Rocky again, Parveen Bobby, Bindi Agoswami, Kobushan Karbanda, and Johnny Walker. Uh, it won the film for award for best cinematography and was nominated for best music. So great, not great music. Not I, they're right. Quite kind of a, the hit that Sholay was though. It was apparently <laughs> slow burn and like it eventually became the highest grosser yeah. of the year, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't the Star Wars kind of bam. Yeah, it wasn't like immediately. You know, it was a slow burn. As successful as Sholay was. So Matt, where? <laughs> We're going to just start with describing the plot of this film. It is... It's wild. It's it's kind of all over the place. Uh, So Sunil Dutt plays a police officer. He's very good at his job. A super cop, you might say. A bit of a super cop. He has a wife, played by Rocky, and a daughter. who And he loves them very much. But unfortunately, he's a very good cop. And so criminals do not like him. Would you believe? It's a tough life. Uh, he has two brothers, played by Amitabh Bachchan and Shashi Kapoor. And unfortunately, they are not as honorable. They're essentially like con artists. They're low-level... Pretty level, small time, yeah. Yeah, low-level crooks. And the first kind of third of the film is largely about Amitabh Bachchan and Shashi Kapoor kind of getting up to no good and kind of pulling pulling tricks on people. They hook up with Bindi Agaswamy and Johnny Walker... After the two of them swindle Bakchan and Kapoor into uh, thirty grand, yeah, into buying a, a Porsche that's stolen car. Yeah, and it was kind of nice to see Johnny Walker because I thought he was going to be a cameo, but he's in like the whole movie. Yeah, he's in quite a bit of it. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so eventually, you know, Bakchan and Kapoor kind of forgive uh, Bindi Goswami and Johnny Walker, and the four of them hook up to steal a diamond that's going to be... Now pay attention to this because <laughs> it also appears in the next movie, the same plot point. Yeah, appearing on the neck of like a princess at a nightclub. So they if go- you want someone to steal your diamonds, the best way to do it is to say that you will be going to a nightclub at a certain time wearing the diamonds because every two-bit hoodlum in town is going to try and come and steal them. Yeah. So they want to steal this diamond. They go to the nightclub. Lo and behold, who is there? Parveen Bobby, who's singing at the nightclub also wants to steal the diamond. And so that's kind of how the five of them hook up and continue to kind of swindle people. Yeah, they do a kind of... con events. They do a kind of Hare Krishna thing where they start like a cult and they rob people. And yeah, they have various schemes. Meanwhile, Shakal, played by... Shakal. (laughs) Kobushan Karbanda, does not like 
Sunil Dutt and gets him taken out. Yeah. So would you believe that then this turns into... Wait, hold on, hold on. Shakal lives on... <laughs> Describe Shakal. Let me just yeah. finish describing the plot. So um, Bagchan and Kapoor obviously decide to get revenge and they go after Shakal with the help of Shatragan Sinha, who is kind of like hired by he, Hold Shakal. on. Okay. You got to say, like Shatragan Sinha is like a circus <laughs> sharpshooter who gets hired to kill Sunil Dutt, but he can't do it because he feels bad. Yeah. Um, but... He does so much more in this movie than Bajan Kapoor. Okay. Like, he's the real hero of the movie. They are just sitting around on their asses most of the time. Eventually, it culminates on Shakal's island. His, his secret hideaway island full of traps. <laughs> and alligators, uh, where, you know, they need to get revenge and also get off the island before everything blows up. Shakal! There, there, I've described the plot of this ridiculous film. No, you didn't say that Shakal... Looks like Blofeld yeah, from so, the, from so the Bond movies. That's the Bond thing. He and has his you, own uniform that he's designed. When you told me that this was going to be Bond-inspired, mm. I assumed Amitabh Bachchan was going to be playing a spy. No. I did not assume <laughs> that the only like Bond aspects of the film were going to be the opening titles, which are fantastic. It's sort of like um, from Russia with Love with scenes from the movie being um, projected onto a hot lady dancing around. Yeah. Good stuff. Love and it. And that the villain was essentially going to be Indian Blofeld. Yeah. Uh, there is he rules, no by the way. So rhyme good. or reason why this like super villain like hates this cop. Yeah. Samuel like, Dunn is the Bond character of the movie, really. Sorta. Yeah. Like he's or the like, closest how you these, have. Like, yeah, these like country bumpkin con artists would get wrapped up in this. Yeah. This this movie is wild. It is wild. Every like, every ten Bob minutes, John it's a whole new like movie. He's not like a suave spy with like uh, gadgets and things. He's just like a low level crook. Yeah, I would say mm, Shashi probably has the least to do in this movie. But uh, like Bachan, but Shashi I Shashi mean, steals he's, your he's heart, stealing hearts left and right. But like Bachan does some, <laughs> but like even Johnny Walker kind of does more stuff than him. And Shatrughan Sinha, our favorite new guy. Gets into a gigantic gunfight, probably shoots nine of Shakal's guys while saving Sunil Dutt's wife and daughter, and then you cut to Amitabh Bachchan stealing a bus to, to make out with uh, Parveen Bobby. Okay. I get it. Greatest scene. <laughs> I, I get it, but like, it's such tonal whiplash between the action parts of this movie and the sort of romantic, fun parts of this movie. And I wonder if it's because it took three years to make and they had to kind of work around schedules. It does kind of feel like they're, like, incorporating elements <laughs> that have no rhyme or reason. That's straight out of Bombay to Goa, that whole scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it kind of feels like, okay, we need some some romance. And I guess this is, like... It's a masala is, thing. This is the masala. We but it doesn't quite mix as well. We Exactly. We need a Bond villain. We need... Uh, you who know, has an alligator ball. tank in his in his office and his his employees who do bad fall in the alligator tank and get eaten by alligators <laughs> and there's secret panels in every door and there's knockout gas it rules yeah he has we a giant golden eagle that's his his chair lovable petty crooks that will be redeemed by the end of the movie and we need a super cop like it just oh it's a lot it's a lot but I loved it 
Yeah. Uh, this while, movie rules. While I don't think it mixes that well, there's just like, I don't know, maybe like too much paprika or too much cumin. And but all, I like all enough. the spices. <laughs> you work not through it. Not enough turmeric. You just like all uh, the spices. But it's really good. It's like, this is a this is wild to watch. Mm-hmm. Again, I struggle to describe it. Yeah, this what is... Do, jobs. That's what they call them. Jobs? No, like when a con artist, they, they do a job, right? Yeah, 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 they do a job. Okay. I couldn't... I couldn't you couldn't like, think of the word job? I couldn't think of how to describe their cons. <laughs> oh. This is one of... This and Kalia we watched on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Maybe we switched to Netflix for Kalia. But um, the run times on these don't match what is posted other places. This We saw it like two hours and 46 minutes, I but think. it's also worth noting. It's also been shown as three hours, so I wonder if maybe a little bit of that disconnect could come from connective tissue that was cut out, apparently. Well, it's also worth noting that back in the day when you calculated runtime, you measured the film. Like yes. You measured the right, number right. of Right, right. Oh, right. My, my new character that I thought up. Uh, so my new guy that I thought up this time when looking at the <laughs> Central Board of Film Classification is the certificate before the film yeah is like 1980s film twitter guy who gets really excited when like the the film classification board says how many reels it is and like <laughs> how long of the movie is in length so it's like oh man 5700 foot long that's great uh sully uh other remesh sippy films were more like 5500 feet sippy sully no, I was I was looking at Salim Javed too. Um, other Ramesh Sippy films are like fifty five hundred. So who knows what's going to be in those other two hundred feet? It could be anything. Like think about people just getting so excited about trailers yeah. and that sort of shit before a movie even comes out. My new guy is that, but just for like the <laughs> length of <laughs> film reels. Uh, listeners, let me know if you like this new guy. I could bring him back. It's <laughs> quite the bit. Yeah, I, I just noticed it this time. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that certification thing three hundred times. Okay, and so just realized it now. Despite the fact that this movie really doesn't completely hold together, it's a mess, but it's it a so hilarious, good mess. Yeah, um, I think because everyone's selling it, and everyone's selling like every crazy aspect about it. The the guy playing Shakal is crushing it. <laughs> he is chewing the scenery so hard. He. Like, he's closer to a Dr. Evil than I think Blofeld ever really got in the Bond movies. Mm. Because he's, like, ridiculous and loving it. (laughs) Uh, His outfit is, like, perfectly put together. And he's just having a great time, like, rubbing his head while he's thinking, like, oh, he's got so much business that he does while acting. It's super fun. Um, But I like con artist movies. Mm Mm-hmm. I like romance movies. Mm-hmm. I like movies with gunfights, and I like Bond movies. <laughs> the fact that they're all in one, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I just, I can't, I can't argue with that. It's, it's just, it's pure entertainment. And you just kind of go with it, and I don't think it really matters that it doesn't, it doesn't make a cohesive, like, whole of a, of a movie or of a point of view or of an idea. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what well, is, we threw everything Sean means splendor. What does that mean for anything in the movie? 
is this a stealth uh, like prequel to Shandar, which oh is God. also just kind of a wild ass movie? Uh, Sean means pride, according to Wikipedia. Pride, okay, because the titles we're calling it Splendor, but like also according to Wikipedia, this is an action thriller. Good to know. I think it is. <laughs> uh, I agree with that. But like as a prequel to Shandar, I think this also has a sort of crazy ass tone with whiplash between each scene. So maybe that's it. It's the mm-hmm. Sean series of crazy ass movies. Um, I think it's also got great music. Uh, so the music was compo- composed by Artie Berman, who also did Cholet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like this movie is full of so many bangers, like Parveen Bobby's disco number. Mm-hmm. The they're like Harry Krishna uh, numbers, great. Obviously, I love the Bombay to Go is stealing the bus scene. I think that's great. Okay. Amitabh Bachchan and Shashi Kapoor on a tandem bike, yeah. singing about the girls they love. I mean, and then I come think it's, on. I think it's Bindya Goswami who uses a um, a slingshot to send a uh, <laughs> to to throw a safety pin over there that punctures their tire. Then they fall down. Yeah. Then they have to steal the bus. It is a hilarious series of events. And then there's an awesome number at Chakal's Island. Oh, yeah. How do you you think this uh, ragtag bunch of guys is going to infiltrate the villain's island? Where there's like a big uh, celebration and performance and performance. (laughs) And Bakchan and Shashi Kapoor infiltrate it by pretending to be performers. And Tommy Walker. He's in there, too. Yeah. Singing about the weather. Singing about the weather. And also, they're dressed like pirates. So (laughs) They're just like... The, I don't know how accurate these translations are, but the tra- translations are like the weather is great. The weather is awesome. Like, yeah. For the so for the last half hour of the movie, they are dressed like pirates. And I will say that the ending of this movie is eerily similar to Kalapatar in mm. that a bunch of black corridors in a mountain uh, start filling up with water, and our heroes have to fight their way out. Yeah. So eerie parallels that I did not see coming. Yes. Also, there's an alligator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bachan has to fight an alligator with his bare hands. Now, do you think that's a real alligator? The alligator uh, effects are not amazing. <laughs> or, or, or they're acting by they're this alligator. So amazing. Or they got an alligator to act like it was not a real alligator. In which case. Fantastic. Now, I was so taken with this alligator, I put up a poll on Twitter asking uh, what the best Bollywood alligator was, if it was uh, Sean or... Mahendradaro. Mahendradaro, because Mahendradaro had a pretty memorable alligator. Uh, I will say... Or that, is it a crocodile? Whatever, they're the same thing. Uh, I I looked up which one it would be in the region, so I'm pretty sure it's alligators. Oh, no, they're crocodiles. Yeah. Okay. I looked it up, and I it, my poll says crocodiles. So I mean, you did crocodiles. more work on it than they did for the movie Sean, so... <laughs> Sorry, on. they're crocodiles. Uh, anyways, I got 15 votes. Sean won by a landslide, 87%. However, I have been pointed out the best Bollywood crocodile is probably Kunbari Mong, which we, which haven't, we haven't seen. Which we haven't seen, but we would like I to. I apologize for leaving it off on my poll. Um, but from what I know of that based movie, based on my experience with Bob, <laughs> based on my experience with Bollywood crocodiles, I thought like it was a race between those two. <laughs> and also based on what I and thought, obviously it's Sean. What I thought I knew about that movie did not involve crocodiles, so now I have to watch that. I thought um, it was kind of a Ms. Forty Five thing, but now they know the crocs <laughs> are on the table. We need to do record episode two. I love watching Amitabh Bachchan fight this fake crocodile. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, I guess, like, the best way to describe it is it's kind of like... Ed Wood. Yeah, it's kind of like Bella Lugosi fighting the squid thing in Ed Wood, but not sad. <laughs> but yeah. Make it look like it's killing you. But instead, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie whips sack. I love it. Uh, I would happily watched it again. Have we made, have made, made one intelligent thought about this movie? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the, the schedule is what made it weird. <laughs> Maybe. It's good. I don't know. Not everything needs to be smart. No. No. And it's just like, it's just pure fun. It's ridiculous. We had our brain hats on for Kalapata. We, we don't had, need to have them on for this. We had so much fun with it. And we it. also don't it. need them for Kalia, which yeah. is another sort of wild ass movie. But yeah, I, I love this movie. Again, I don't know if I can confidently say what I think it's about. This movie would. But. This make, I wish we had access to a theater. This movie would absolutely kill there's so many good scenes the crowd must have been going ballistic right (laughs) back when this came out yeah they must have been i don't know listeners if your dad saw this yeah yeah this is a kind of subset of dad movies like bond movies yeah it's kind of in there and con artist movies like the the sting that's a dad Mm -hmm, movie mm -hmm. so yeah perfect dad movies yeah. Anyway, uh, last yeah. one. This really this, enjoyed it. <laughs> this uh, this episode also a wise, crazy movie. Every ten minutes, it's a whole other movie. <laughs> that is Kalia from 1981, directed by Tinu Anand, uh, starring Amitabh Bachchan in and as Kalia. Uh, also features, I love a good in and as. Yeah, Parveen Bobby, Asha Parekh, Kader Khan, and Amjad Khan, and uh, uh, Pran. Um, hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. Um, so. This, I would say, is kind of like if Scarface had to also defeat a Bond villain, <laughs> right? If if Scarface was up against Moonraker, I guess. I mean, I don't think he's quite a Bond villain. Like, he's a... He's, Wait till we get to his he's torture a chamber full of... <laughs> Hilarious murder instruments. Okay, but he's presented to us as like a... He says he's a simple industrialist, but yeah, this is wrong. But he's clearly a capitalist. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think you know... Okay, here's my smart thing. Kalia kind of marries the themes from Calvatar sure. Yeah, it has the socialist <laughs> politics in a sense, although Kalia himself is extremely materialistic and just buys cars and wears fancy, scare quotes, fancy clothes all the time. Um, but yeah, it does have a villainous capitalist at the center. Yeah. Uh, so Kalia is uh, starts off as Kalu. Mm-hmm. He is a. Yeah, this is a weird opening. He's like hanging it with children. He's he's that kind of archetypal uh, older, basically like a man child. Yeah. He's got a Vulcan haircut for a while. It's weird. Um, but like he, a Star Trek Vulcan haircut. Yeah, he yeah. had like straight down sides and. Kind of like a oh yeah, you bangs. were really concerned about his side. I thought his haircut sucked, uh, but anyway, he hangs out with kids all day long. He's one of those lovable idiots that it, frequently in Bollywood films. Mm-hmm. He has the heart of a child. You, why would this guy go to work or do anything ever? Mm-hmm. So the mill gets bought by Amjad Khan, who, as we said before, describes himself as a simple capitalist, <laughs> um, but simple industrialist, a simple industrialist, right? Yeah. Who is in fact nothing but. Uh, Bachan's brother, I forget the actor's name, I'll look it up. Uh, that is 
Kader Khan, playing Shamu, uh, he's sort of a labor activist, I guess, and he's convinced the workers to go on strike until they can get some bonus pay. Amjad Khan basically says, like, yeah, you can have the bonus pay, and then they all go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> the brief labor subplot stops. Uh, no, he, he has an accident. He no, lives... I'm getting to that. Okay. And so Amitabh Bachchan's brother goes back to work, kind of hangdog expression. And uh, while saving another guy from a falling piece of machinery, he gets his hands caught in a machine, which basically twists his arms off. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of red paint. Yeah, there's like a, there's blood all over a... the... Uh, the rollers. Yeah, on a cloth that's going through the rollers. A ton of red paint. It reminded me of the movie The Mangler. Remember that one? <laughs> oh my god. Remember The Mangler? Uh, based on a Stephen King short story about a uh, mangle, which is a uh, sheets drying machine that becomes possessed by a demon. Yeah. And uh, Robert Englund's in it as an evil washing machine owner i guess uh, anyway um so kalia's brother gets his arms ripped off uh and then he later dies uh kalia is like okay, but even after he gets his arms ripped off he's like and he's armless he is still trying to be the one supporting the right, family yeah. and he's, Kali he's, is he's, just like well, i don't know yeah it's and really I, sad about my brother meanwhile brother pulling donkey cart by head yeah i mean i will say that like Kalu eventually kind of like wises up and goes to help out. No, he, he, he wises up at the very last second. His yeah. brother dies from exertion, but Kalu. Yeah, right. Yeah, he Kalu runs wises to, up at the last second. Kalu runs to Amjad Khan and says, "Like, please, sir, I need five hundred dollars, five hundred rupees, because my brother needs to go to the doctor." Uh, Amjad Khan, having a dancing girl running around, is just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's five hundred rupees." Not, and then gives well, it to the dancing girl. And you got girl. really concerned at first because you were like, "That's." Her tip you can't give away her tip and then he gives it to her and you were like good yeah well to be fair she does deserve to get paid she was doing a good job yeah kalu has never had a job in his life um but anyway he breaks into cons but also his employee has injured himself on the job like yeah yeah should be paying anyway i mean breaks into this guy's house later on to try and steal some money gets caught gets sent to prison um, okay, so that's like the first. That's 20 the first minutes. twenty minutes of the movie. <laughs> so then we are treated to Amitabh having like five more prison stays uh, because as the uh, as the defense in his first trial notes, if you send a man like this a dullard, let's say, <laughs> who has never held a job in his life and has a weird haircut. If you send this guy to jail, he's just going to get adopted by the criminal fraternity who's going to mold him into being a super criminal, which they do. <laughs> There's like some sort of avuncular grandpa criminals there who all take young Kalu under their wing and turn him into Kalia, the fearsome gangster warlord. Mm-hmm. So he keeps getting out of jail, starts hitting on my cons rackets because... By the way, Amai Khan is also a gangster in addition to a simple industrialist. Um, and it kind of turns into a cat and mouse game between these two guys. Yeah, and as he goes in and out of jail, he just keeps telling his sister-in-law that he's like going on business trips other places. Yeah, he buys her a mansion for her and her daughter, and she doesn't really think about... like. Oh, he's been gone for five years in America. That's weird. <laughs> Yeah, he, he never calls. He meets Parveen Bobby, who is... Okay, so another princess goes to another bar wearing a diamond necklace, and Amitabh wants to go steal it, as does uh, Amjad Khan. 
Uh, Parveen Bobby ends up stealing it. She's a, surprisingly enough, a nightclub singer like she was in the last movie. Uh, she ends up stealing it, just like she did in Sean. And uh, her and Amitabh kind of fall for each other. Uh, Pran plays the jailer at the last jail that Amitabh goes to. And they set who up- has a secretly missing daughter who, yeah. I wonder who that could be. They set that up really early on and then like in Parveen Two hours later we yeah. find out. In, well, I mean, we know. Because in Parveen Bobby's introduction, uh, as she's like running away from the thugs who want to take the diamond from her, she gets home to her mother who's on her deathbed who then says like, oh, by the way, you're not my daughter. Yeah, I adopted you. Every 10 minutes, the rug just kind of kept getting pulled up from under us. Uh, and then there's kind of like an extended sequence of like Amita Bachan and Parveen Bobby like falling, falling in love. Which includes Not a good song. Which includes Bachan teaching Parveen Bobby how to put on a sari. Wonderful scene. Everyone likes that. And trying to coach her on how to cook an egg. Yeah, because he brings her home to his sister-in-law, who he's still taking care of. And she wants to prove that she has all the stuff to be a good housewife. But uh, she's like Cardi B. She don't cook. She don't clean. <laughs> she uh, she dances in the nightclub. Um, and she doesn't know how to do anything like make an egg, uh, crack an egg. She tries. This put my teeth on it. But she tries to like saw through an egg with a butter knife. She eventually hits herself in the face. Well, but she's following Bachan's actions. And he yeah. eventually just gives up and hits his ha- himself in the head like, oh, brother. And then she smacks the egg that way. I could totally see you doing that in the kitchen. Smacking myself in the head face with an egg? Yeah. Yeah, I could too. Yeah. Um, eggs are the only thing I know. Anyways, and so yeah, I guess it culminates in a bit of a Bond-esque kind of final showdown at Amjad Khan's place where... He yes has he has like a, a he has a murder checker, basement he has like a checkerboard or like a, it's a, like checkerboard. a chessboard yeah. on the ground and you have to like stay in the middle of it because if you go on certain squares then it will cause um, they will cause kind of rooms in a chamber to crush people. One's and, got the one's got his niece and one has his one has his sister in law. If you step on one color, you're crushing one. You step on one color, you're crushing the other. They have a fist fight in the middle of this thing. Yeah, there's also someone has a whip. Yeah, there's a whip, and also like 18 guards are sitting around. It's wild. <laughs> this is a wild ride. Uh, Peter but Abrams on Peter Abrams on Letterbox not- said that this movie did everyone get hit in the head by a boulder every 20 <laughs> minutes. It's it's different every single like every single reel is different. This is wild, but not as wild as Sean. And it doesn't go quite as far. Yeah, and while I think it's maybe a bit more cohesive, not as satisfying as Sean. No, I mean, like, I thought that this movie was super fun, mm-hmm. but I'm less likely to watch it again. Yeah. Um, it did not have a crocodile. Well, it's kind of a parody of angry young man type stuff, because he starts out that way, but immediately discards that persona to become, like, a suave master criminal type. Mm. And... You know, your mileage may vary on how much that actually works for you. Uh, but it's fun to see him menacing people and beating mm-hmm. them up and wearing flashy clothes and stealing cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you get that in Sean, too. Yeah. The songs aren't as memorable. Um, the nightclub song is pretty fun. Um, there's kind of like one with um, Bakchan and Parveen Bobby at their like engagement ceremony, uh, which I thought had really fun cinematography this yeah it kind of reminded me of Silsila which I think is 82 but this had some interesting sort of like picture in picture stuff and kind of like fading in between different scenes and cross cutting so like uh 
the cinematography and direction were kind of a little bit more um, and swirling cameras. Yeah, it, it was a little bit more um, sort of experimental sometimes, but then other times it was just regular. Yeah, uh, I'm not crazy about that song, uh, the L O V E one. Bad, bad song. With, um, uh, where they kind of go off into the mountains and. What did you think of Amitabh in and as Kalia? <laughs> He's good. I mean, at this point, like Bakchan is a star. Uh, it, this movie would not work for anyone else. Yeah, I just I don't feel like. I don't feel like he's he, that this movie's asking much of him though. Like it's not really asking him to play a character. It's just kind of asking him to deliver that star persona. Yeah. It's uh, kind of a combo platter of stuff he's yeah, done. Yeah, whereas I just feel like in Sean that still kind of felt like a bit of a character here. But in Kalapatar, like he's a great character. Oh, yeah. Sean, he's a hustler and we like him, but like he's not stretching even that hard there. Yeah. Kalia, he's on autopilot. Yeah, exactly. I think he's a bit on autopilot. And the film, because it's like constantly changing tone and, uh, and kind of adding something new to the mix every 10 minutes, I don't think it ever really finds its footing. And so the characters are just kind of, and the, and the actors are just kind of lost in this, like, okay, now we're doing this and now we're doing that. So it's fun and it's certainly watchable. It's another, like, if you saw this with a crowd, I bet it would just be... Yeah. People would be going nuts. Yeah, but, I mean, it clearly relies on Bakchan's star persona. I think any in and as performance does. Yeah, actually, yes. You can't you can't pull off in and as unless you are a star. Exactly. There's a bit of a Cool Hand Luke thing going on here, too, because um, Amitabh's like the toughest guy in jail. He has to kind of work up to it, but he keeps going to jail. He gets in brawls with people. He befriends this guy with one leg. Yeah, yeah. It's that a, was a cool scene. It's a prison movie for a while, too. They're, the last song, I think, of the movie, yeah, because it basically turns into the ending after that, is uh, the guy with one leg playing a harmonica and singing about how the cage bird will be free. Meanwhile, you're seeing Bachan escape from jail and, and like knock out guards. The and prison escape was pretty fun. That was cool. Yeah. And it was a good song, too. Like yeah. I, I like that song. Uh, great that, music that video. That was probably around. the best song, I think. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that guy too. Like the one, like guy. He was, you know, he just had a good face. Yeah. And but that was that was a great scene. Yeah, I think this film has a lot of fun elements, but doesn't kind of add up to a whole. Which I feel like is something that I also said about Sean. But Sean, in a weird way, kind of does add up. Whereas Kalia just kind of. It. They're both feels really, a bit more like vignettes. They're both really shaggy dog stories because, like, if yeah. you look at how both of them start and then how both of them end, you're just like the hell did we get to this point all in all i think i really enjoyed all three of these movies quite I a bit did too, yeah. uh, this might be the most successful just enjoyment wise of all the bachans we've watched but again i do think that you know there's kind of some sameness over these three films like even even though kalapatar is working on a different level um it's interesting that there were elements that we also kind of that, that show up in, in both Kalia and Sean that kind of remind us of, of stuff from Kalapatar. Yeah, these movies do kind of mix together. And it's not like we watch them all in one go either. No. Like, it's We weren't sleep deprived. There, there's yes. something there that just keeps getting repeated. Yes, and th- but That's your I star. still cannot adequately explain the plot of Sean. I don't know if anyone can. Uh, all right, well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We will be back in two weeks, Matt. Okay, I don't know if you've heard about this. 
There's a movie in theaters again. Oh. <laughs> it's called Tenet. They put movie in, movies in theaters now. Yeah. Uh, I don't suggest anyone go. No. Like, it looks pretty good, but it's not worth risking your life over. No. But of interest to our fans is an actress by the name of Dimple Kapadia. Yes. Who was great in Dilchata High. She has I mean, an important supporting role in Tenet. Yeah, and I've enjoyed her in other films I've seen her in. This is probably so we thought. Let's let's look into her. Let's let's find a bit more about her movies. Yeah, this is probably her biggest international release. I, I'm sure many people who've never seen her before will be seeing her for the first time. Yeah. Uh, that being said, Indian films are extremely popular around the world. Uh, so I'm sure many people are. I'm excited to see Tenant of the Year when it, when I'm able to see it, and yeah. I'm not afraid to go to the theater. But we wanted to delve a bit more into her filmography. Yeah, so we're gonna be doing an episode on Diplocapadia. We're finally gonna be watching Bobby mm-hmm. among a couple of her other films. Uh, I'm really excited about this because I think, as people know, we love Diplocapadia. She's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, we've loved her in everything we've seen her in, but. We haven't really seen too many movies where I she's like the main character. I don't know if I loved her in Debong, but to be fair, I just don't love much about Debong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Facebook slash Bollywood is for Lovers, I think. Facebook.com slash Bollywood is for Lovers. Twitter at Bollywood underscore pod. There's no underscore. <laughs> Twitter at Bollywood pod. Twitter at, Twitter at Bollywood pod. I'm Matt at... I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. You're at Aaron E. Fraser. Uh, Bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com is where Mm -hmm. you can see the expanded show notes. I'm sure Aaron's going to put some fun stuff in there. Uh, We would love it if you would give us a review on Apple. That would be ideal. Um, Five stars. Yeah, and while you're there, you can subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Around the Movies. We just released an episode on swimmers. Uh, So we discussed Burt Lancaster in The Swimmer. And uh, Esther Williams in Million Dollar Mermaid. Extremely specific uh, genre you've happened on. I will say this swimmer is one of the best things I've seen in a long time. Uh, Million Dollar Mermaid you have not talked about since you watched. So no. Big it, disappointment. In and out. But this swimmer was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely incredible. If you like Mad Men, watch this one. I watched the last five minutes. Real bummer. Looked pretty good, though. Again, like Mad Men, it's not always uplifting. Yeah. Um... But we want to thank Becca Dalkey for our artwork. Yeah. We love Tuffy. And, yeah. You know, they could have worked Tuffy into Sean. <laughs> sure. What if, like, you know, Shatragon Sinna has, like, a dog that's his um, buddy. Yeah. And he shoots somebody. Uh, That'd be cool. And Tuffy, Oh, Tuffy wouldn't shoot a person specifically. He'd, like, do something to distract a bad guy. Because yeah. he's not a killer. Uh, and thanks again to my mom, who's already hard at work getting us to our second million download. Keep clicking, Cease. We're not paying you to not click. <laughs> anyway, bye. Bye. <laughs>